name is Nick Park. This is the Evangelical Shanaki Podcast. You're very welcome. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to be looking at the interaction between faith and culture here in our beautiful nation of Ireland and talking about some of the great things that God is doing. We're also going to be talking to David Turner of Church in Chains, who will give us his weekly update on, on, on the persecuted church and what's happening in different parts of the world. I recently watched the movie The Two Popes, which actually has proved to be very topical when it comes to the headlines, because this week uh, it came to light that uh, Pope Benedict was alleged to have co-authored a book that argued very forcefully for the Catholic Church retaining uh, celibacy for priests. Meanwhile, Pope Francis is seen as as basically being open for change in that area of the church's doctrine and life. Now, Pope Benedict, of course, is the Pope Emeritus. He is no longer active as Pope. He has resigned. And Pope Francis, he's supposed to be taking a, really a, a position of silence and not entering into controversial discussions, particularly the, where they would conflict with his successor. Now, I used the word allegedly when I talked about him co-authoring this book because now there seems to be some rolling back on that. But in the movie, The Two Popes, basically, it, it is a beautiful movie. Now, let me just say straight away, I do have severe doctrinal differences with the Catholic Church, uh, right down to the very basic thing of what, how do we become a Christian in the first place? You know, that, uh, that it's not by a ceremony, it's not by an act of baptism when you're a child and have no say in the matter, but it's by a personal step of faith. So having said that I have these differences with the Catholic Church, I still found the movie The Two Popes really intriguing. And it's a beautiful film. Uh, now, you see uh, Francis, uh, before he was elected as Pope, whenever Benedict is still considering uh, stepping down and start taking his decision to retire, and Francis going over and meeting him, and then clashing at first, and then coming to a bit of a, an understanding w with each other. And then later on, there's uh, these scenes where after Francis has become Pope, they sit watching the World Cup together and they're sat eat, eating pizza, watching Argentina and Germany, their, their respective home nations, playing in the World Cup final. And, you know, I'm sitting there saying, man, I can't believe that the two Popes uh, sat and, and ate pizza and watched the World Cup final together. Well, there's a good reason why I couldn't believe it, because it didn't happen. In fact, most of the uh, most of the scenes, most of the actions, most of the events in the film *The Two Popes* never happened. Uh, the, the the visit of Francis and this reconciliate partial reconciliation it never happened. Uh, sitting watching football together, eating pizza together, uh, it never happened. Now it's very interesting. It's it's 
you know, I mean, seeing Anthony Hopkins, uh, Hannibal Lecter, uh, now playing the Pope, that that was a bit of a turn up for the books, and and the and the film does make you stop and think about issues. It makes you think, for example, about Francis, his past whenever he was leading the Jesuits during a time of a military dictatorship and oppression and what was the right way for the church to respond to that and and you know what that that is these are the kind of questions we still need to answer today whenever the church is not just the catholic church but evangelical church seems to get so embroiled with party politics uh, for as for example in the United States but also in other nations as well so the movie is very thought provoking but the bottom line is, it, it didn't happen. It's, it's not true. I realize that movie makers, they make up stuff all the time. Even if they take something and say it's based on a true story, they, they dress it up, they invent things, they, you know, it improves in the telling, as they say. But I feel very uncomfortable about movies making stuff up about people who are still alive. I mean, it's, it's one thing after people are dead and gone to change the story a little bit, but when you're saying things that are not true and these false portrayals of people while they're still alive, and in Francis' case, while still very active in leading this huge organization, I don't know, there's something not right about that. It, it doesn't sit easily with me. Yeah, it's a, it's a great piece of entertainment, and I would recommend to you to watch the film. You know, the thing about Netflix is it's a weird organization. They can, can come up with a touching and moving and beautiful film like this, and then they can also release absolute trash. But if you do get the opportunity, I would encourage you to watch the film The Two Popes. But you know what? Take it with a pinch of salt, because it is fictional. It's not fact. And if it's based on a true story, well, it's based, I guess, on the fact that Benedict was Pope and resigned and Francis became Pope. But really, it's not based on, on much more than that. But worth watching as a piece of fiction, provided you remember it to, to be so. This week on The Interview, I'm delighted to be with Steve Vaughan from Christ City Church. Steve, great. welcome. Great, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, Steve, t tell me a little bit about yourself first. We want to, we're going to be talking about a particular initiative you've got going, hmm. but just tell me a little bit about how, how you came to Christ, because I always love to hear people's stories hmm. of how they came to faith. Yeah, I uh, probably have what you might call a Timothy story. If you know that the Timothy in the you know was raised in the scriptures by his grandmother and his mother, and then was converted uh, at some time on Paul's journeys, and I had a similar story raised in a Christian home uh, in the in England. Um, I was actually born in Uganda, missionary parents, uh, medical doctors, but I came to England. Uh, yeah, when I was four or five, raised in a Christian home, and at the age of twelve, on a summer camp, very similar to the ones at Scripture Union run here. Um, I accepted Christ and, and uh, it was a gradual journey, uh, yeah. had some highs and lows, no crazy wanderings off or anything, but uh, just a slow, steady maturing. Uh, a couple of key moments, but uh, that was uh, that's how I came to faith. I think it was, I remember singing a song, Abba Father, I want you to know I'm yours and yours alone. Yeah. And it hit me that the God of the universe loved and knew me as me. 
and it just overwhelmed me and I remember crying and just yeah the Holy well, Spirit shed his love of water in my yep. heart as Paul says so I remember that song I haven't sung it in years yeah, well it's, I haven't probably sung it since either ironically yeah, but, you know, but I'm but glad it did something it really did good something, before it, it got something. retired yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay so what brought you to Ireland yeah a few things um I, there's four or five prongs to this the, 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 on, on a sort of a high level we I was pretty convinced with the you might call Apostle Paul Roland Allen John Stock Tim Keller uh, go to urban centres yeah. where you can make a difference for, for the gospel amongst the elites amongst the poor amongst the movers and shakers and uh, as the city goes so the culture goes and all that kind of stuff um, and um, so we at some point I'd always thought God would you lead us to a strategic urban centre mm-hmm. Um, so that was in the in the sort of theological strategy mind of mine, going. That's what I want to. I think would be a good use of our time. And I think I I'd like the challenge and the idea of that. I think um, on the then another part of it is my. I am actually half Irish. My dad's Irish. My mum's English. I was raised in England. So, but we'd always visited Dublin growing up. So I knew the city okay. and I knew you know bits. And I wasn't very into Irish history and culture at the time. But you know we had the connection. Yeah. And and uh, my family goes back into Cork and Athlone and and then Dublin. For many many centuries, so um, so that was always there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the third thing that that happened was we, we were part of a, a network of churches called New Frontiers, and uh, in the UK, and we, and we were thinking, well, where would we go? My, was, that, was that Terry Virgo? Terry Virgo, yes, well his done. setup. I remember well that. Well done. Yeah. yeah. So we were in Leeds. I was in Leeds at the time. I was a pastor of a church, or you know, assistant pastor of a church in Leeds, and. Um, the we, you know it, the church was going through a transition into multi-site. Our kids were one and three years old preschool. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like this is a good moment. I was thirty years old um, to say, right, Lord, what what could the next big season of our life be? So we looked at where where are the New Frontiers churches in in the UK? And there was all these red dots everywhere, about two hundred and twenty of them. And then my wife, Leanne, having to just pan round on the Google Maps or whatever it was that we were looking at, and saw well, I think it was one dot. In uh, I think the whole island of Ireland, well, oh, yeah. two including the in, including the north. So it was just a staggering 220, 230 red dots all over the UK, and then you have one I think all on the whole island of Ireland. So um, that was kind of a moment of mm. <laughs> it was also a god thing really. Yeah. Um, what we then discovered, which was that the situation with New Frontiers, which is one network of churches, is true kind of across the board. Well, that's right. Yeah, that evangelical that the evangelical witness in the Republic of Ireland is a lot less than it is mm. in in all over the UK. So that gripped our hearts, and um, then my sort of Irish heritage started kicking off, and then we um, so so we started to look at it, and and then a few things happened. Um, we discovered that Ireland had gone through this radical cultural change uh, in the last thirty years, and that fascinated us. Yeah. You know, from a very uh, you know sort of Catholic to a post-Catholic to a secular to a very liberal society, uh, and then uh, there'd also been a big swing with the sort of tech movement here and tech companies and the technology is going to is shaping our world and will shape our future. Of course, yeah. And Dub- Dublin had become this big hub. Um, so when you put all that, you know, personal history, um, uh, the desire to find an urban centre, the recent sort of revolution that's gone on in Ireland, uh, the tech bubble that's emerging that's mm-hmm. going to influence our world and Europe, um, uh, and most importantly, most importantly, the gospel need, the need yeah. for, 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 for evangelical witness, yeah, it just became a, it almost became a no-brainer. Uh, okay. So that's sort of the number of things, that's, that's a six-month journey, but yeah. you know how it is. Yeah, okay, well look, 
Do you know what? There's so much we could talk about, about doing church in the city. And yeah. maybe we'll have to have another conversation yes, where yes. we can just really focus on that. Yes. But I wanted to talk particularly to you about this initiative that yep. I think you've teamed up with Sean Mullen Correct. to do it Correct. called Faith and Work. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, in a sense, this is doing ministry in the city to go mm. back to what we'd have a little more time to, to think on. So if you think about why do most people live or commute, well, obviously commuters, commute into Dublin, because they're working. Yeah, It's where the work is. It's where the jobs are. Uh, why do people come from all the nations of the world and end up in Dublin? It's mm. because there's jobs. So why is the tech sector here? Because all the, all the nations are here. So work is a big, big part of what makes Dublin Dublin. And the question is, has the church in, in, in this land, but across the board, been good at equipping Christians to think through their workplace as a place of worship, mm-hmm. as a place of witness, as a place of personal enrichment and joy? Ha- have they been given, and that been a good thing, that God gave us uh, work right back in Genesis? And have they been given the framework to how, handle some of the moral questions the grey areas, the, the the brokenness of work. Um, and I think church discipleship has typically been very good at saying, right, we've got this new convert, uh, let's get them all out of their network of friends and all out of, the, out of their workplace and bring them into all our church meetings. And there's a place for that. Yeah. And what about, hey, we want to help you where you are now to live for Christ and discover a new motivation and a new identity in the way you work. Mm. Um, so I think it's the the classic sacred secular divide. So in light of all that, we thought, well, what, what, we'll just put on a course uh, for, for six sessions and just see who'd be interested and, and get a group together to say, how do we integrate our faith and our work? So that was the... Uh, but by the way, personally, you know, I was a full-time pastor. Yeah. And now I had to, when I came church planting, I went full-time into business. So I'm bivocational still to this day, full-time. So, you know, I've had a big sort of learning curve in my own walk of, of or my own journey of, of discovering faith and work and how the, the work world after being in Christian ministry yeah. in my life. So that's also part of it. Yeah. I think what I found surprising sometimes is with international companies, you think of these companies as being totally secular. You, there's not going to be any space for mm. religious expression. Mm. And then you just find the most surprising things. You know, mm. I, I was at an event uh, in Google uh, headquarters mm. and uh, it was run, it was actually a, a celebration of Kristallnacht you know commemorating the Kristallnacht uh, event in Germany and it was being run by a group called Juglers okay. who are a Jewish group within Google yeah, yeah. and Google have all this space for all these different groups including religious groups yeah. to actually operate within the, the Google umbrella yeah. and that just took me by surprise and it really made me wonder how many other opportunities there really are you know for expressing and sharing our faith uh, not not in the ghetto yeah come on into the church but actually going out into the field of work I mean People often say, you know, how do people react to you, Steve? You're a, you're a pastor and you work for a tech company. Do you know, what's the kind of reaction? And then people go, well, they are kind of put off. And a few people who are, you know, maybe very anti-religion or very atheist do have a negative, more initially. But most people are kind of fascinated, intrigued, yeah. interested, questions. They, and they say things like, you know, I want to come along. Not because they <laughs> care about what we teach or anything, but just because they're just they can't get their head around it. Yeah. And so there is a kind of, they're, they're so liberal, they're, anything goes. 
you know, so if you find a pastor who works for a tech company, well, that's kind of cool, isn't it? You know, it, it, it's kind of, you know, it, it's bizarre. I mean, it, you know, so um, so I haven't found uh, hostility. Yeah. Um, I haven't found lots of you know. There's comments. There's you know, and you, you there's you the butter some jokes, but in a way that's a that's not a bad thing. No, not at not all. At all. No, not at all. No, no. And the, the faith and work course. So it's going yeah. to run for six weeks. It, well, it's actually once a month. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be on the fourth Wednesday of every month. It's called six thirty faith and work. It will happen at six thirty in the morning. Right. That's deliberate for two reasons. There are three reasons. The first one is it's kind of we do want those that are pretty committed. Um, and to, to, we don't want a huge group, so, you know, 15, 20, 25 yeah. type people. Um, the second reason is because if you're in the working world, often you're work, your working day starts at 8 o'clock. So we've got to be done by 7.30 for people to be able to yeah. get to their offices. And the third reason is there's no reason why anyone shouldn't be able to make it if they really wanted to. Because everyone's free at six thirty in the morning. Maybe you know some people well, have I mean, kids. So in that sense, it's, you're free. You that's can't. undoubtedly true. I think you're very brave doing it. I tell you why. Because I mean, the Americans think nothing of meeting for breakfast. You know, I'll I'll be in the states and somebody yeah. will say, "Let's meet up for breakfast when six a.m." Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking, "What? There's a, there's yeah. a restaurant open at six a.m." Yeah, 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 yeah. But but uh, we tend to be well, much later in how we do yeah, things, don't and, we? And look, we you know that's fine. We may change it going forward. But the the idea was we've done it for four years as a church on Christian leadership so we've mm-hmm. had 680 leadership and we've always had you know good you know 15 to 25 people right so it you know there the, the has been a bit of a precedent and so again something like that so 630 is partly it's the time that it's at partly this time that, um, that, that it's at that it means everyone can make it and if you're in the work world and you've got to be there for 8, 8.30 you've still got time yeah. to do it uh, and partly because you know, there's a sense of you know be committed and a high, you know something about the high, the high commitment it takes right. to, to commit to it yeah okay and what, what it's open to so to anyone anybody. and everyone who's a Christian particularly thinking about city centre workers or students who are going to go into the working model even how do I integrate my faith and my studies it's mm-hmm. the same principles and a lot of um, I think students don't have a framework to go into the working world after so I mean everyone's welcome anyone who wants to is interested in coming we've already had I think two signups from non Christ City Church which is fantastic right. and and may, may there be more um, but, and do people have to sign up? Yeah, you sign up online. So, so it's not just a case of just turning turn up. up. You okay. don't just turn up. Yeah, you turn, and because there's a bit of homework to do for your first session, uh, just a questionnaire. Um, you have to pay 40 euros. You get some breakfast and a coffee and a pastry and all that when you arrive. Yeah. Uh, there's one short essay reflection. It's more of a bullet point reflection that will be part of the course, submitting it halfway through. Um, well, that's 40 euro for the whole course, yeah. is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not, not per week. It's, no, no, just, <laughs> yeah, it's just to cover the cost. We're we meet in Emmanuel Church or ICM, the Irish Church Missions, right on O'Connell Bridge there on okay. Bachelor's Walk. Mm-hmm. So we're just hiring that and then the the, the, the tea, coffee and pastries that we're going to It's just to cover the cost. And the first session is Wednesday Wednesday the 22nd. 22nd. So we're, we're Wednesday the 15th today. I don't know when this podcast goes out. So Pod- yeah, podcast will go out Saturday. Okay. So, so it'll yeah. be the following Wednesday. So yeah, yeah people need to move sharpish. Move sharpish. Yeah, sign up online. And okay. I mean, I guess if people that don't, they can come and we'll get them signed up. So what's yeah. the website? Uh, it's on the christcitychurch.ie which is our home you know mm-hmm. the church and then it's just 630-faith-work so if you just go to Christ City Church it'd be on the front of the homepage or type into Google 630-faith-and-work and, and, and you'll find you'll it find on there it. as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and you know we've got we're gonna we're gonna the structure of the course is we're gonna think about the biblical story, so creation, fall, redemption, consummation. We're gonna spend two weeks in creation, 
the goodness of work the first week, and then we're going to think the goodness of rest the second yeah. month. And again, a lot of burnout, a lot of that kind of stuff we'll be thinking over. The third week or session, I should say, will be on the brokenness of work. Uh, you know, the futility, the boredom, the relentlessness, the broken relationships, all that. Like, how, why has that come about? The fourth week, then, redeeming work, how what Jesus has done, and through the Spirit, we can receive a new identity and a new moral compass, a new purpose. Then the, 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 the fifth week or session is going to be on evangelism in the workplace. So that's part of the redemption, how God wants to use us to, to, to share his word in the workplace. And then the, the sixth week will be more of a reflective of the whole thing and everyone's learning. But that, you know, the fact that we have a hope that's yeah. coming, we don't have to find all our fulfillment in work and all that kind of stuff. Um, okay. So that's, our, that's the structure of the course. Yeah. Uh, and, and the way it works is you have uh, kind of five or ten minutes uh, opening discussion in groups. Yeah. You're on tables of three or four. Then there's a so you know then that'll take you through to sort of quarter to quarter to seven. Then there'll be a fifteen twenty minute content slot like a sort of TED talk high mm-hmm. level. Let's throw the ideas at you till seven five past seven, and then there'll be twenty five minutes of discussion back on those threes and fours, all led by a table leader, all with some set questions. But um, it's quite interactive yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Okay, look, sounds great. Yeah, you know, well, um, well, ho- well, hopefully it will be. We are first time, so hopefully we can yeah, learn some lessons. Yeah, no, I'm there. not going to be there at 6.30. Oh, I'm not, I'm come not going to come in from Drogheda to be there at 6.30. You're not one of those committed types. I, I know, I know. It's <laughs> dreadful, isn't it? But look, please do. Keep us updated as to what yeah. happens. I'm, I'm really interested in watching this space and seeing... Uh, Seeing what what room there is for similar initiatives like this in yeah, the city. Yeah, I think that I and I do think there's lots of opportunity. I don't think there's much. I mean, you know, in London you have the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity, which was founded by John Stott. I mean, that's the masses of of that has been about faith and work. Yeah, and Mark Green and the work he's done, and so I think there's lots that we need to think through and and work out what we could be doing in in Dublin and 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 beyond and Ireland and other parts of uh, you know, other cities as well. So um, look, at, we're just uh, it's just the first little I don't know uh, stab in the dark, whatever the phrase would be. You know, for, we're just dipping our toe in the water. You know, so great. Well, let's see where it goes. Anyway, I hope so. People need to go to the website if they're interested. Mm. Uh, Christcitychurch.ie. Ie. And then yes. it's yeah six thirty faith and work. You'll find it on the website there. Yeah. Great stuff. Thanks for talking to me about. Thanks it. for having me, Nick. Today on our Church in Chains section with David Turner, we're going to be talking about Syria. Now, David, I was, uh, back in October 2018, I was in Lebanon. I went as part of a group that went with Tear Fund, and we met with church leaders from Syria who came across the border to meet with us. And actually, as pa- I'll never forget, as part of that we showed them some video clips of believers in Ireland to encourage them. And one of them was of you and a church in chains meeting where you were gathered in a certain location and you guys were praying for Syria. And I know that was a great encouragement for the Syrian church leaders to to see that. So, uh, so, so I just, as we're talking about Syria today, I thought I would mention that and uh, try to find out a bit more information about what's going on there. Yeah, well, that's a real encouragement, uh, Nick, because I remember that evening, certainly, uh, and um, just a little bit of uh, filming taking place. Mm-hmm. Uh, our prayer meeting, we uh, we always start with, uh, with a time of praise, yeah. even if there's just a small number of us, although sometimes there's 20, 25 of us gathered together and we're, we're praising God. So I remember that being filmed and then a few of was just uh, sending brief messages to the church in Syria. So, um, yeah, that was um, a year or so ago. 
the Syrian civil war slash conflict continues mm-hmm. um, and the, the most recent focus of course has been on the Turkish incursion into yes. northeast Syria Operation Peace Spring they've called it but that has really um, generated a huge amount of fear among uh, the Christian community and uh, and others among the mainly Kurdish uh, population in that uh, region but that's um, you know, the fears of, of some of the Christians were really that this invasion by Turkey, incursion, invasion, whatever we might call it, that that would, it would mean that a lot of ISIS militants uh, might be released from their captivity. Yeah, yeah there was a great region. fear that that would embolden them and they Indeed. would be resurgent. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, that was, was borne out just, um, just a couple of weeks back. Um, when uh, the Reverend Hafsab Bedouin um, was martyred. He was um, driving to a town called Der el-Zor. He was supervising reconstruction, reconstruction work on a church and the vehicle that they were in was, was ambushed. It was very clear who he was. He was dressed in his, in his priestly garb. Um, so that was just really an incident that led obviously to a great outpouring of grief because he was a greatly loved um, minister in the community. Um, but there continues to be uncertainty in that region of, of Syria as to what the future holds because um, the, it had been thought that many Christians would flee across the border into Iraq but uh, that border has been closed, so in many ways they are they are trapped. Yeah, so there's Russian involvement, the Syrian government is involved. Nobody knows how long uh, the Turkish inv- incursion is going to last. And so Christians in the area still feeling very, very vulnerable, still feeling uh, a need for protection. So, I mean, uh, somebody just put out a prayer point uh, recently, and I don't think we could really better that. Say, pray that our almighty God will intervene to protect, preserve, rescue and sustain his precious church in northeast Syria. May all who seek her demise be frustrated and may all who seek to help her know the strength and blessing of her God. And, you know, I think that is a prayer that uh, each of us uh, can echo and should echo as, uh, as we look at Syria. Amen. Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast uh, for this week. Uh, Please do check back with us again next week to see what we've got in store for you here at the Evangelical Shanachie podcast. And don't forget, at Evangelical Alliance Ireland, our mandate, our reason for existing is to connect, to equip and to represent evangelical believers uh, here in the Irish Republic. Uh, We do that in so many different ways and you can help us by being a member of Evangelical Evangelical Alliance. If you would like to support what we are doing, then please look at, see if you can uh, become a member. We have membership for churches and organizations and also for individuals. Uh, you can check out all the details on our website, evangelical.ie. Look for the tab that says membership and you can find the membership forms and everything else. We, we value you. We value your support. And together we can do great things for the kingdom of God here in Ireland. This is Nick Park signing off. Uh, God bless you. Mm-hmm.